Yeah, I, I am a craps player. Uh, my wife, she knows we don't go to Vegas together. Uh, I just spend 72 hours at the craps table. I don't go to shows. I don't go to dinner. I don't go to the pool. I just like to play craps. Very, very low wages craps, low stakes craps. But yeah, about once every two or three years. I usually self-impose a ban when I lose, you know, I don't lose a lot of money, but when I lose money, I kind of uh, eliminate that from my life. But uh, yeah, I like it. But, but again, that's, that's the message. Vegas is always going to be there in May, in July, whatever it is. And our focus is a business trip this week. And, and uh, let's go focus on winning a football game. Things got testy. Yeah, I'll just, I'll let you guys talk about that stuff. Um, you can watch it and all that kind of stuff respectfully. Like you can watch it and you know come up with your own things and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm just going to try my best to execute the game plan like I always do. You know, but you know, being a Raider fan for a long time, you know, 20 years of this crap is enough. You know, I'm fed up. I just want to be a part of the the the, the moment it changes. You know, I want that so bad, and uh, that's what keeps driving me. You know, I get pissed off and I get upset and I. I stand up here, and I've done this way too many times than I'd like to do it. Um, you know, because in my heart, um, the men in our room, the way we work, the way we go after things, it shouldn't always end like this crap. And so uh, we have another one in just a few days against a really good football team. So if we don't want to stand up here and have to do this again, we better get it right. My parents, that's, uh, they're, they're very like me personality-wise and the way they live their life, that they like to play craps. and. My 21st birthday, they, they booked me a flight from Nebraska and taught me how to play. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. A lot of crap. My dad is from Nebraska, and his favorite thing to play is craps, too. What the hell's happening in Nebraska? Who taught him? I, I don't know. I'll have to ask him if his parents, I don't think they booked him a flight, but if his parents, <laughs> his parents booked him a flight to Vegas? to Vegas to play craps on his 21st birthday. I don't know what's going on here. Is that the only thing they play in Nebraska? I don't know. They have casinos on the yes. river between Nebraska and Iowa. Do they only do craps in those casinos? What if that's, What if you went on there and you're looking for, hey, I want to play some cars. I want to just, no, no, we don't do that. We, <laughs> we only, only play craps. craps. Like, what? <laughs> so one of my favorite w- weird Midwestern thing is that casinos always had to be built on the water. If they if they weren't on a reservation, they had to be built on the water. And so what they would do is they'd like just put a pool in the basement, and then they'd like build over it, and be like, yeah, it's on the water. All right, you ready for my hot take of the morning? I can see it on here. The Raiders need to fire Rich Passaccia right now. Right now, they need to fire him. Someone said that yesterday. Like this guy might be fired after the game. It was like th- during the middle of the game when the Bengals were running away with it. Someone's like. Do they fire this guy tonight? They need to fire him. So if you're Mark Davis, the owner of this team, they're, again, they're five and five in their one game out of a playoff spot. This is not a, a three and 10 team or whatever. They're five and five. They're one game out of a playoff spot. If you're Mark Davis and you think, hey, this team can still turn it around and get to the playoffs, right? If that's your goal, they need to fire Rich Passaccia. He is not good. He is not a good coach. He is coaching scared, right? In this game, Fourth and four from the Cincinnati 44-yard line, punt. Fourth and three from the Cincinnati 29-yard line, field goal. Fourth and three from their own 47-yard line, punt. Into the first half, 28 seconds left. Carr throws a check down for like four yards. And then they let the clock run down instead of using one of their two timeouts. They had two timeouts left. They All they needed, they, and again, with timeouts, they could throw to the middle of the field. All they needed was one or two shots down the field that were completed, 
and they're in field goal range to give Daniel Carlson a shot from 50-something yards mm-hmm. to try this. And Rich Basaccia said, no, thank you. I don't have any interest in my team trying to score more points, just like he did with those fourth down decisions. He's been terrible. Like, he's been bad at game management, bad at the stuff you can prepare for, right? Bad, you can be ready for fourth down decisions. You can be ready for, okay, sure. fourth and three near midfield. What are we doing? You can be ready for that and understand what's going to happen. You can be ready for, oh, all right, there's less than a minute to go in the half. We've got timeouts. We want to take them. We want to try to go down the field and score. And he's not doing that. He is not giving this team any added benefit to winning these games. None whatsoever. And all the like intangibles that Rich Bisaccia might have brought to the table of, of having the respect of the players and keeping the locker room together and all that doesn't matter. They can't win a game anymore. They've lost three in a row. If they think they're making the playoffs or have a shot to make the playoffs, they have to fire Rich Bisaccia. He's not, they're not going to do it under him. They've got to have somebody else that has some clue of what they're doing in a football game. Then you would go to Gus Bradley. Who's done it before? You could do Rod Marinelli. Could do Rod Marinelli, who's done it before. I don't know if those guys are significantly better, but Rich Passacci is not it. Now listen, they're five and five. They've looked like crap three straight weeks. If you're sitting here thinking, oh, the season's over, that's just gonna implode, then whatever. Let Rich Passacci coach it out. But they're five and five in one game out of the playoff spot. I can't imagine anybody saying, eh, we're done for. I have to imagine they're sitting there saying, Well, win a couple games in a row and you're right back in it. You're probably in a playoff spot if you win two in a row. Rich Passaccia, he can't what, be the coach. They're not going to win with him. What do you think the percentage has been, really, truly the percentage that he's actually run this team, or has he just let the coordinators on both sides of their ball? He's not doing I, anything I, on offense I think, or defense. No, at least I think he just let, that let us think that. I just think he lets yeah. them make all the calls. But he's the one that's got to be making the timeout decisions right. and the fourth down decisions, right. and he's doing a horrible, horrible well, job. He leaves two on the he leaves two on the board in the first half, and then at the end oh. of the game, he starts calling timeouts oh. like. What you're down 19? What are you calling timeouts for? Whatever they were down at that point, that was we're sitting there. We we had stood up to go down for the interviews, right? Yes. And we're standing there, and because the elevators take forever, and we're standing, I'm standing there with uh, Vic Tafer and, and Paul, and, and we're like laughing because, like, why is this guy? Continue? Look, we're on deadline. We why are you continuing to call timeouts? We because there's no need for this. It was the strangest thing. You don't call timeouts when you should. And then at the end of the game, it's like, do you think there's a rule in the second <laughs> half that you must call all timeouts? That was so weird. Like, who's telling? And after the first one, if you're Olsen, you should whisper, uh, Rich, this is over. We we Cut shouldn't be out. calling timeouts. Please, yeah. please stop calling timeouts. Yeah, can, can we run the ball, actually? Yeah, exactly. like, like, let's get, let's get let's home. He, they called three timeouts to force the Bengals to kick a field Strange. goal. Strange. And then when the Raiders got the ball back... Handed it off twice and ran yes, the clock it was out. Very weird. It wasn't even like a hey, let's work on our two minute drill. Right. It was let's nope. throw it downfield. We're gonna get the ball back and we're gonna run the clock yeah. out. That was weird. Is there okay? So there's there's been an argument in certain um, NFL circles that the reason you want the special teams guy to be the head coach is because he does allow like hey, offensive coordinator, you do your job. Defensive, Defensive coordinator, coordinator, you do, do your job. job. I'm going to go be the meat shield to the media. But there's but, an extra element to that, and that is calling the timeouts when you're supposed to. That's that's John Har- or, uh, Harbaugh with Baltimore. It's the guy like, oh, yeah, I have a guy in the in the right. back of my head set yes. going, yeah, go for it here. Go but, for it up for it down. But that, that's one thing. This is calling timeouts with 30 seconds left in the half to give yourself a chance at a yeah. field goal. 
You don't need a guy in your ear to say, no. hey, don't let the clock run out. Call a timeout and throw the ball. You've got, to get a two, field you've goal. got two of them. It's unbelievable. Like, it's so bad. It's it's undefense, indefensible so, if you're Rich Passaccia. Was he surprised that when he came on the field for the second half, it didn't say five timeouts because he could have carried the two over? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> was he like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't call him because I want five in the second half. That was, I'm sorry. It was very, oh, there was a lot of things bizarre about that game of shape, but the end of the first half and the end of the game yeah. with his timeout situations, you you there was no explanation for either of them. No. None. It's indefensible. And if you want to make the playoffs, Ritz Bisaccia has proven in what the five weeks that he's been the head coach, he can't he's not good enough to do this. Not good enough to help his team on the small margins that are easy, easy for a coach to figure out. He's not good enough. Is there can we, you know, like maybe the organization could do what hockey teams do where they're like, Yeah, he's no longer the interim head coach. He's he's been shuffled back into the mix. He's uh, gonna go gonna, work with AJ Coles. They might uh, Dave, yeah. they might Dave Pryor him. And we'd never yeah. see him again. He's off to Toronto or wherever, off, Dave wherever they put from. him. Where's Rich Passaccia from? He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be the interim head coach from his hometown in New Jersey. Whatever. It's just it's not it, it seriously hasn't been good enough. And if your goal is to make the playoffs, I don't think they can do it with Rich Passaccia. By the way, has anybody asked Josh Jacobs if they're still loose on the sideline? He did not. Well, I remember that quote after the first two games how he said everybody's having yeah. fun. We're loose. It, nobody's yelling at us anymore. Maybe they need somebody to yell at him. Or maybe somebody needs to yell at Rich Passaccia. Hey, call your timeouts. You need to well, score some points. Hey, by the way, maybe they weren't. You Maybe they, no one heard him yelling yesterday because there was nobody there. All right. Help me out here. How many empty there, seats? There were not only you, you use you look from the press box and you can see empty seats. Yesterday, there were sections of empty seats, like li- literally entire sections. And you know, it's like, oh, it's half hour before the game, five minutes before the game. No, at kickoff, we looked back and they were still empty sections. It was not good yesterday. So we have seen multiple fan bases come in and to some extent take over Legion Stadium, not always having more fans than the Raiders, but having a good 30, 40% of the crowd. They play Cincinnati. The Bengals don't have some massive fan base. Right. right. And apparently that's what it takes for Legion Stadium not to be full. So here's my question. How big of a problem is Las Vegas slash Legion Stadium in for the future if you have to play a team with a big fan, with a base, big fan base to fill Legion yeah. Stadium up? And yeah. I know we talk about it. Oh, Kansas City Chiefs fans are always going to travel here, but... When we get five, ten years down the road and people have been to Las Vegas once, twice, three times to see their team play, are we st- like how this this could be bad? If that's what we're relying on to just fill that stadium up as the opposing fan base, where's where's all the people from California that supposedly bought PSLs and Arizona and these surrounding areas, all where, the Raider fans? Where is the Raider yeah. fan base? Where is it? You you don't fill up Allegiant Stadium when you're five and four. Playing another team that's five and four. What what's happening in five years? What's happening when they're three and ten playing Cincinnati? Well, there are a lot of Knights fans there because during the anthem, when the word "Knight" comes out, you can hear it very distinctly. <laughs> I mean, it's actually pretty loud. So the Golden Knights fans have shown up. Um, at least some of them. I don't know. It's it, it's a really good point uh, that you know for the first two years it's going to be. I think Dallas might be here next year. You, you'll get some public teams that'll bring some people, but. Once you do it a few times, maybe when the schedule comes out, you want to go somewhere else, you know, if you're Chiefs fans three years down the road. And yesterday was dramatically empty where 
I know other people wrote about it, but when you looked out yesterday from the press box, you were like, wow, there are sections here with no one in them. I will say that it's odd that we've got two teams who are in the same, like the AFC West, have that have built their whole concept on, well, the opposing team will come by the tickets <laughs> yes. in both the Chargers and the well, Raiders, where... Look, man, the Chiefs beating you guys twice a year is fun and everything, but uh, maybe you guys should try I mean, to build something. Let's go down the road here. I don't can't tell you how much the Washington football team travels. I can't. The Chargers. I don't think they'll bring many people. No, I don't think no, they'll. They bring can't many fill people. up their own they, stadium. Yeah, they can't fill up. They can't fill up their own stadium <laughs> at SoFi. So there's ones coming up. Um, who else are they home? Denver. Against? Uh, Denver should be fine, I would Denver, think. Yeah, Denver, yeah, but that's people. the one Denver that's like Christmas Eve or yeah, something. Denver, so that might be a little people. weird. But the Washington football team and and the Chargers, that's going to be just like we saw yesterday. Yeah. Maybe even worse, actually. Yeah. The Chargers is going to be hilarious because that might look like a UNLV game. <laughs> should they curtain off the upper deck? <laughs> if they get to that point, Do they're you, in major, what? major trouble. Okay, so even when the Chargers were playing in a soccer stadium where it was like, hey, our home fans could technically fill this up. It still wasn't. It was an away game because it's too expensive. Because the Steelers went in there yeah. and it was like three hundred dollars to just get in yep. the door. Oh, I've I, got, I've got uh, people ask me, uh, you know, how much tickets and everything. I've made inquiries. It's like, well, this level two fifty, this level three fifty, and that's a lot. I mean, I that's wonder, a lot of money for. People. I wonder what what was it on the secondary market before kickoff yesterday? Well, I didn't. I'm I, not sure about that, but you guys can. I'm, I don't go secondary market on things, but I was told yesterday. Well, yeah, there's. Secondary market gets some credit for the low prices, but then you have all the fees. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like when so I, so it's not really forty dollars. Right. You start paying fees. Like when I bought my tickets to uh, Game Six of the World Series, I paid five fifty. The ticket was listed at like four twenty five. But then you added the fees, and it got up yeah. to five fifty okay. total or something like that. All right. So yeah, it absolutely the fees okay. tack on another. Well, in my case, it was a hundred bucks for those. It's probably another. 40 50 bucks if you're buying a hundred dollar ticket or right. something like that so yeah it certainly starts getting up there but if they're getting cheaper now that's not ideal coming up next we're gonna do bischoff's briefs next jared okay we go, got, go ahead Can we do went, some planning for me we here. we went a little long in this segment but uh okay so we have we have foo fighters tickets today tomorrow you, you and wednesday these are a big deal these are oh, yeah huge. yeah he yeah and the first thing i said when i said we had foo fighters tickets he's like well can we get some can I call in <laughs> yeah, like, and be caller number four? So what we should do is probably something similar to what we did with the Rolling Stones, but it's a football Monday, and so I planned this really poorly. So how do we want to come up with something today for tomorrow and Wednesday? Or do we want to come up or do we want to do that off the air and surprise people? What if we do at 945, we take two callers. Two callers, you're going to play me one song, okay. and I have to guess if it's Foo Fighters or not. All right. And we'll give one caller yes and one caller no. and if, if Or one caller, I get it right. One caller, I get it wrong. Yeah, that's, right. good. that's good. We'll okay. do that. All right. Good. So at not, be listening at 945 and try to be caller well, one and two. Well, two is, if two is wrong, try to be caller two. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. Throwing out random numbers authoritatively is the best way to pass as a baseball expert. Bischoff's Briefs. By the way, it's...
It's commendable how many baseball players care so deeply about the Equal Rights Amendment. Bischoff's briefs. Somebody get me some antibiotics because that ball is gonorrhea. Bischoff's briefs. All right, I've just had a great idea for what would be a better Bischoff's brief than what I was originally going to do. I was going to talk about Kevin Kruger's rotation because he finally stopped playing 10 guys a bunch of minutes. But I actually have more important news. I, on Friday and Sunday before UNLV played, went to dinner with Mike Grimala. And uh, he well, went. Yep. Well, this he, is more important. He tried two new restaurants. First, Friday night, we went to Crack Shack, which is in Park MGM. It's a chicken place, his primary go-to food. Um, we actually both ordered the same thing. It's a, it's a chicken sandwich. It comes with bacon, uh, white cheddar, and a runny egg. Ooh. Wow. And really? some kind of sauce. That actually sounds like food. Mike Ramala got it without the egg and without the cheddar. Okay, never mind. So, Wait, without the chicken? Without the egg and without the cheddar. Oh, okay. white cheddar right. I gonna, cheese. I mean, if it, without the chicken, it would have made sense as yeah. well with him. So he got his chicken sandwich was the bun, chicken, bacon, and the butter that they used. The butter was good, but the butter that they used on it, and that was all he had. It's pretty on good his for him. Sandwich. It was. It I was, thought he'd say no bacon, but go it, ahead. Me too. It was two foods okay. on the same sandwich, right. and he he contemplated asking for no butter, but he was like, I sucked it up and had some butter. On his chicken sandwich. Okay. Um, he liked it a lot. He was a big fan of his chicken sandwich with butter that he said he could not taste and bacon. Uh, he did not get it with the egg and did not get it with the cheese that it comes with, but he tried something kind of new. Did it come with a side? Uh, fries or anything? No, it did not come with fries. Uh, we got, they do little biscuits and like a honey butter thing okay. that you do on it. And he, he had the honey butter on that. Okay. So yeah, very good. Sunday, before yesterday's game, we went to Italy. Have you been to Italy? No, but I'm guessing Italian. So it's like a, it's, I don't know how to explain this. It's like an open market, if that makes sense. Like instead of it being just like a restaurant, they have just like little stands where you where walk it? up. It's Park MGM. Okay, right so they're there. all right there at yeah. T-Mobile. Um, so, like, there's little, like, stands, basically. Okay. They'd be, like, you know, street vendor carts if it was actually out on the street. But, like, at one of them, you can get pasta. At one of them, you can get pizza. At one of them, you can get a steak or whatever. Okay. At one of them, you can get, like, appetizers and whatever. So, it's, like, a bunch of different carts that do different things. So, we went there. It's very, it's actually, it's quite overwhelming because there's, there's, like, a whole lot of crap that's right there. So, we went there and... I got some pasta or whatever. He got pizza, uh, and he got margarita pizza. Oh, really? Um, well, that's that was the plainest one they had. They don't have, like, regular cheese pizza for him. Um, Didn't have a kid's menu, huh? Yeah. By the way, I have eaten pizza with him. He does eat pepperoni on his pizza. Whoa. He does. He does eat pepperoni on his pizza. Does he dab it? Is he one of those people that takes oh. a paper towel and dabs the top of his pizza? What, the grease off or something? Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend does that. I don't think Grimala does that. Maybe. I when don't you remember. said dab, I missed the place the word, and I thought you meant dip like into ranch dressing. Oh, I said no there's chance. no chance. That's oh, horrifying. my God. <laughs> but he had a margarita pizza. Um, he complained that it was just the ball of mozzarella instead of it actually being <laughs> spread on, you know, how right. margarita pizza is. <laughs> complained about that. Uh, but he did eat it. He was fine with it. He ate it. Was good to go. And then, for the first time in his life, he said he had. We had gelato. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. That was the first time he's ever tasted Apparently. It. He was like, I saw gelato. I've never had that before. Let's do that. Did he eat it? Um, he got salted caramel. Uh, he ate a little bit. And he, here's what he said. He said, I don't, I'm not a big ice cream guy because I just want to taste it and then I'm done with it. So he had like four or five bites and he was like, I'm satisfied. So basically threw away a whole cup. I've got to be honest with you. I think it was, I think you saw a few steps forward there. Oh, just like he, with UNLV basketball, you saw a few steps forward. He, and the, listen, the last, I don't know, two, three years of his life, he has fully embraced the idea that he do, has never eaten anything and he's willing to try things. He's become much more willing to try things. Now, a lot of times it'll be like his chicken wing story where he takes two bites of it and says, no, thank you. I'm done. But he's become much more willing to try things. He wasn't willing to try the egg on the chicken sandwich. But I wonder if he eats eggs. He just didn't want it on the sandwich. Uh, he said he, he'll eat uh, scrambled eggs. Okay. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, right when you said he kept the bacon on, I said it was a big, big step forward. That is a big step forward. I mean, I thought he was going chicken, bun, zip. Yep. And I'm surprised he didn't. That would have that would have been a shock. To Grilled me. chicken or fried chicken? Fried chicken. Yep, it was very good. By the way, it was a delicious chicken sandwich. You went with everything. Yeah, I got everything. Yeah, the there. egg and yeah. everything. He he's an adult. Yeah, <laughs> the egg. I mean, it's it was egg, bacon, chicken, and cheese and yeah. butter. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's it's that guy that's like, oh, I don't I, I don't eat lettuce. That it's still that guy's favorite sandwich, but the fact that we found like some sort of sub yes. subclass of yes. that guy that's like, should I get butter? Yeah. So that was uh, dinner with Mike Grimala two nights in a row. He was disappointed we didn't go to the Outback Steakhouse across the street on the strip, so he could have a steak. That's his favorite restaurant because they don't season their chicken apparently. Oh God. <laughs> He, he gets the chicken. Everyone else goes to the steak and the prime rib. He goes to the chicken. And he's afraid, or not afraid. He's excited that they don't put anything yes. on it. Yes, it's it's very it's like lightly seasoned. Like I don't know, maybe I've never had it, but maybe just like salt and pepper. But that's why he likes it. He's like, there's nothing, there's no seasoning on it. It's just a I'm, chicken breast. I'm pretty sure we've looked this up on the air. There is seasoning on it. He just doesn't think that there's seasoning. <laughs> I was gonna say there's got to be something on it. They're not just yeah, throwing they, you a plain chicken. They have breast. like their they have like a proprietary chicken seasoning. Yeah, he just apparently doesn't know. Yeah. So that was he refused. I bought last night's little like a little appetizer that I don't I can't remember what it's called, but it's like fried and inside of it's rice, mozzarella, and marinara sauce. Oh my god, uh, it was delicious. That, that sounds at the pasta great. Place. Yeah, yeah, and he did not want to try it. I, <sighs> mozzarella sauce, mozzarella cheese, marinara sauce, rice inside, just like a fried ball, basically. So like a fried risotto mozzarella yeah. stick, yeah. like Base, that yeah. sounds yeah. that basically. sounds delicious. It was, it was very good, and he did not want to try it. <laughs> so baby steps coming up next. <laughs> Sam Gordon joins the show. You said in the last two weeks you thought this was different, that you were better in terms of a team, more talent, yeah. that it would not go this way. You I still feel that way. I still feel that way. It's, that's why it's a little frustrating. Um, but um, I just I just got to be better for us. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now from the Review Journal is Sam Gordon. All right, Sam, did Keyshawn Gilbert foul ETN with under five seconds to go last night? Oh, by the letter of the law, yeah. I mean, that was it was a foul, a little bit of a touch foul. Um, but you know, he, he probably didn't need to be guarding him, you know, 40 feet from the basket. I, I understand 
you don't want to let – I mean, ETN made five threes in the second half. He was hitting tough shots all night. You don't want to let their best player dribble into a three. And with the way basketball is played now, I mean, he, he probably has range like, like, some of these, uh, like some of these NBA players where he's comfortable shooting, you know, 31, 32-footers. So I, I get it from that um, perspective. Uh, but he was a li- I think he was just a little too aggressive, a little too much contact. Uh, at the same time, if, if the ref you know, doesn't make that call there, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised by that either, but he did. And, and by letter of the law, uh, yeah, probably a block and uh, a very unfortunate situation for, for the freshman who played a, a tremendous game, who was uh, very instrumental in, in UNLV, almost having a chance to win that game, obviously with the putbacks and the, uh, his tremendous on-ball defense that we've seen all year. Uh, he's going to learn from this, and he's he's going to continue to get more and more comfortable. Uh, definitely an impact player already. Uh, you know, five five games into his UNLV career. What did you take from the two games? Uh, mostly about them. I mean, they had really really good stretches, and that we've talked all morning. Though, if you're leading by eleven in the second half, calls or no calls, you have to finish it out. So, what were your takeaways? You saw them the first three games, all those close wins against not great opponents. Obviously, the last two opponents much better. So, what did you take away from it? Oh, yeah, great question. Um, this team's going to play hard all year. Um, they're going to play together. Uh, that They're going to defend at, at a high level for the most part. I think even though yesterday they squandered that lead, and it's a lead they shouldn't have squandered. They, they, had, they went 10 minutes in the second half without, without a field goal. Um, they missed a lot, of, a lot of shots at the rim that they should have made, um, you know, some open looks from three that didn't go down and whatnot. Um, but, but defensively, I mean, ECM made some tough shots. He made some really, really tough shots. This was a case of a, the reigning uh, athletic, American Athletic Conference co-player of the year taking over the game, and, uh, and UNLV had, you know, had very little that they could do about that given, given the situation. So I think um, from what I, what I know, this is going to be a team that's not going to back down from anybody that's going to compete at, at a high level. I know it sounds like you know, kind of cliche stuff, but they play really, really hard. It's a physical team that, that, that plays hard that is going to compete and that doesn't really care about who the opponent is. Even against Michigan, obviously Michigan pulls away at the end of the game, but they were right there. I mean, they took a couple punches and got up and, and, and punched back. And, and that, that's what um, impressed me the most. Obviously a long way to go before we talk about, you know, competing in the Mountain West, you know, at, at the top of the Mountain West, competing for an NCAA tournament barefoot. But Wichita State's a potential tournament team, and, and Michigan's going to be there as well. And UNLV didn't look out of place uh, in those games. I think that's the biggest takeaway. I think it's hard to take away anything from the first three non-conference games, given, like you said, the level of competition. But, but over the weekend, um, you saw UNLV belong with, with, two, with two quality teams um, that are experienced, that, that have you know, talented upperclassmen and underclassmen, and, uh, and hang right there with them. It's just about learning how to finish games and, and, and how to execute down the stretch and not making some of those little mistakes that they made um, yesterday, and that's going to come in time, and, and you know, chemistry is going to continue to develop relatively new group, as we understand. But they were not they were not overmatched. I, I didn't think, or, or badly overmatched at any point over the weekend. I think that's something they could hang their hat on. They finally shot the ball uh, well in a game, and it's probably their best overall offensive game of the season. Uh, but we still see a team that's been heavily dominated by Bryce Hamilton on the offensive end. Where do you think that secondary scoring comes from this year? Yeah, I think Mike Nuga is probably going to emerge as the guy. I mean, he, to me, um, especially yesterday, is, is the guy who, who can create his own offense um, on, on a more consistent basis. Obviously not as consistently as Bryce Hamilton, but we saw him, Tyler, at the, in, at the end of some shot clocks there, um, get into the lane and make some floaters or some layups around the basket. He, he can beat his defender off the dribble without a ball screen, and, and you need to be able to do that. Um, you need to be able to have a couple guys that are able to do that. I thought Jordan McCabe. Um, did an excellent job kind of facilitating getting his teammates going, making sure the ball moves. I was really impressed 
with how, you know, he doesn't just stand around as a point guard when he's off the ball either. Uh, he, he cuts hard. He clears his defenders out. He relocates. He does some things like that. But in terms of um, guys that can create their own offense, it, Mike Nuga is definitely, definitely the guy. You know, almost a 20-point-per-game score uh, at his previous school and, uh, and still, I think, kind of finding his flow after a, a knee injury that, you know, that kept him out all summer. But, but there's some, definitely some shot-making there that I, that I see from him and some ability to get into the lane and create. And there's a little bit of explosiveness to him. And, and I think UNLV, um, as the season goes on and on, is going gonna, is gonna to tap into his, um, his scoring a little bit more, and, and he's going to be more of an asset um, when he's on the floor on the offensive end as well. You were at the Raiders as well, doing Raiders stuff as usual. Um, are you of the belief that 5-5, five and five, they're still in this, that they win the next two or you know two of the next three, that all of a sudden they're back in it? Or even the belief, here we go again, deja vu, it's another midseason slide and they're done? I'm a, I'm a belief of here we go again. And um, just, just from what we've seen the last few weeks, this has been a lifeless football team, especially offensively. And what's going to all of a sudden change? Now you go into Dallas, who uh, for, for their offensive struggle yesterday, still played an excellent defensive game uh, against Patrick Mahomes and a Chiefs offense that carved up the Raiders for 41 points. Mahomes threw five touchdowns against the Raiders and you know, had his fair share of struggles yesterday against the Cowboys. You're, you're telling me that the Raiders are going to go in the Cowboys stadium and all of a sudden figure out um, their offensive solutions with, with a short week of prep, I'm just not buying it. Uh, it's, it's been a punchless offense. I must be, must be honest about this since, since Henry Ruggs, the third, you know, got into the, the, the car crash and was cut from the roster. The spacing of the offense is completely different. They can't run the ball at all. There's no vertical threat whatsoever. And, uh, and, and defensively, the defense is just on the field for way too long. I mean, I think that was the case, um, certainly the case yesterday and even the case to a degree. Uh, against the Chiefs last Sunday, even though the time of possession disparity wasn't as bad. Um, this was a defense that was opportunistic earlier in the year, in part because the offense was able to sustain long possessions, uh, and that just hasn't been the case. They're, they're atrocious on third down. There's been no explosiveness whatsoever, and it's been far too predictable uh, in terms of some of the short passing stuff. I don't, I don't see what changes all of a sudden uh, with, with, with where they're at right now with, with the schedule that they have coming up. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, and obviously a lot of off the field things I think have, you know, probably played a role in this in terms of, you know, affecting the, the kind of the temperament of the, of the team. And, you know, they can say what they want publicly, but I don't know how you endure what this team has been through and not be affected by it at least a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's a real shame because this is, uh, there, there was the three, and zero um, for the Raiders at the beginning of the year, five and two, you're in the driver's seat in the FC West. And all of a sudden the wheels come off. And, and this was a year, where the Chiefs weren't super sharp right away, where the Chargers had their tailspin um, as well after their strong start and, and almost smoked the game yesterday against the Steelers. I mean, the AFC is as wide open as it's been in recent years, but I don't see the Raiders all of a sudden rectifying these issues uh, with where they're at. Maybe I'm wrong, but, but I haven't seen anything the last few weeks that would suggest otherwise at this point. If there were to be a change at quarterback from Derek Carter, Marcus Mariota, who would actually make that decision? Oh, geez. I mean, I think it would have to be Rich Passaccia, right? In collaboration with Greg Olson. Um, I think at this point in the year, uh, you don't have anything to lose. Um, I, I mean, Carr, at the, at the, for the first six, seven games, was you know playing at a you know, top eight, top ten level and looking like a dark horse MVP candidate at, at points in time. Uh, that obviously hasn't been the case the last three weeks. And Marcus Mariota at least gives you the dynamic of, of being able to make plays with his legs. You can run some some RPO stuff with him. You can run some zone read stuff um, with him. He gives you the ability when plays break down. And not that Carr can't move. He can a little bit, but he's not Mariota in terms of the athleticism and the ability 
to extend plays and, and move around and, and make plays when things break down. And uh, if you want to talk about getting the running game going, that would be one way to do it is having a mobile quarterback where there is some design uh, zone reads, some RPOs where there's a little bit of deception uh, back there. So I, I would assume the head coach would make the call. Um, I'm not. I'm certainly not expecting it. Uh, but I get again at this point, um, as Ed touched on in his column. You know, I mean, what, what's there to lose at this point in the season? You've lost three straight. The offense is punchless. Uh, it's absolutely lifeless. And, and Mariota at least might be able to to shake some things up. I don't think it's necessarily an indictment on Derek Carr or who he is as a player. It would be a, a team looking for answers and, and looking to avoid a total, total tailspin after a promising start. I, I would totally understand the decision if it's made. Well, he is Sam Gordon covering everything this weekend for the Review Journal. <laughs> Sam, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Sammy. All right, thanks, guys. Anytime. Take care. Take care. I have a question. I have not uh, read what your column from the game yesterday. Did you say Marcus Mariota should be the quarterback going forward? Not, no, not, not that hard. Okay. No. I just want to know Derek Carr's reaction when he, you know, doesn't read the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that. Hard. I, I, you know, I said if it continues like this, I don't. Okay. I don't understand how you can pay that guy that much money and not take a look at him. I mean, it's not necessary, but do you think we could get Adam Hill to Photoshop Marcus Mariota onto the front page of the? <laughs> There's a lot of people who could do that at the paper. Could you guys start now with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Deshaun start Watson? Start putting pictures in paper? Yeah. We should just put the pictures in the paper and, like, say nothing about it. Oh, just, like, just have a cover photo every day of a different quarterback in a Raiders uniform and have no words about it. Just like the Jimmy picture. Garoppolo in there, Jimmy too. Garoppolo, just pick random yeah. ones. You, oh, you could do draft ones. Ooh. Carson Strong. Yeah. Put Carson Strong. Put uh, Matt Corral from Ole Miss in one. Just start the Andy Dalton. Kid. Yeah. Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's kind of a lateral move. All right. Uh, don't call now. But after the break, we're giving away Foo Fighter tickets. So get ready, but don't call now. So he wasn't excited. He was very upset at first. And he got over there, and we had already talked to Clyde. I mean, obviously Clyde knew that he probably shouldn't have done it and it's really high of emphasis on the taunting right now. He started getting mad, and then we started hyping him up, and it made him start laughing. And it's hard to break him. It's hard to break with him even whenever he's in that mood. But uh, it's kind of what we do, man. We, just, we, all, we all love each other and want to be better together. You're locked in the press box. Here we go. We got Foo Fighter tickets to give away. The first two callers are going to be entered into a fun contest. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. 702-364-1100. We got tickets to go see the Foo Fighters. The first two callers are going to be in a fun little contest where I have to try to guess a Foo Fighters song. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Now, Ed, quickly, some Golden Knights news. Max Pacioretty is not going to play tonight. He's still on the horizon, but he is with the team on the road trip. Oh, okay. So I think that and means they've only he's... got two games in this trip before coming back for the one against Edmonton. I believe that is correct. Yes. So that would imply he play Wednesday. On Wednesday. That would imply he's going to, or at least they think he could play Wednesday. You wouldn't send him if you didn't have right, any chance. Right. So Max Pacioretty could return Wednesday. It's possible. Wow. Certainly possible that Max Pacioretty's back. Coming off the horizon. We're going to have to actually look and see where are they on the salary cap. Because when they start bringing all these guys back, eventually they're going to. Yeah. Eventually they're going to. Max Pacioretty has a big number. Yeah, big number there. All right, all right. So we have Reed and Steven. Yes, one we of do. you two is going to be winning Foo Fighter tickets. Jared is about to play me a song. All I'm trying to do is guess whether it's a Foo Fighter song or not. I could not name a Foo Fighter song off the top of my head. Jared and Ed have assured me that I would know a Foo Fighter song, though that they're popular enough that I would know one. If I answer uh, correctly, 
Reed wins. That is correct. If I answer incorrectly, Steven wins the tickets to go see the Foo Fighters. All right, I'm ready. Play the song for me. Anything? Come on. That is not the Foo Fighters. Hey, he got it! Wow! Wow! (laughs) All right. So congratulations to Reed. Reed has won because I was correct. Reed has won. Okay. So Reed is your winner of Foo Fighter tickets. Who who sings that song? That would be Nirvana. Which, Nirvana. Which the lead singer of the Foo Fighters was the drummer for. That sounds very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. Right. Are we going to get into the fact that Ed lost a bet? <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, what I owe you? An energy drink? No, we oh, just it's yeah, it's a pack, pack of smoke. Pack of smoke. That's right. We I forgot about that. All right, I'm gonna get my, Reed's information. It'll be my there first time walking in and buying a pack of smokes. Like oh, the, you're gonna uh, be, it'll be nerve nerve wracking. Yeah, right? I'm gonna look around How when I'm saying this? I need to give me a pack of those, and people yeah. are like, uh, like oh, who's this bum? I hope somebody this yells at you and says smoking's uh, yeah, bad yeah, for yeah, you. You're gonna get sick. You're taking years off your life. What, what did I? Oh, I lost Kansas Cowboys, City, Dallas. Yeah, All right, yeah. Cowboys, All right. Dallas. Did we double or nothing on something? No, no. I talked Jared out of it for UNLV, San Diego State. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Otherwise, you might have been off the hook. I would have. But... Yeah. Instead, I've got to find out his brand. I mean, UNLV actually covered though, so they did. Well, they're good at covering. Good at moral victories. <laughs> they like a lot of moral victories. Listen, we're trending that way with Kevin Kruger now. Talking with moral about, victories? Uh, well, uh, saying we don't like moral victories. He said it last night. Did he say it? Yeah. He, he said, said we don't like it. Yeah, he said we don't like right. moral Good victories. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, every time you say that, it's because you're about to say the things that you like during a loss. That's the thing. Anytime a coach says we're not into moral victories. But we ran the ball well. Yeah, but it's right. It's right, It's either right after or right before they start complimenting their team on the things they did well despite losing. So, All right, it. Jaren. So is Reed happy? Yeah. I mean, it's a great great prize. Yeah. Uh, What are we going to do tomorrow to give away food? Okay. So here, and I wanted to add, Ed. So here's the problem. I was going to go Nickelback or Foo Fighters. I'm pretty sure even Tyler can I correctly I, identify I a Nickelback song. We just we figured out I know two Nickelback songs at least, possibly more, but I well, know at least two Nickelback songs. You're gonna know it because of the the singer. So yeah, you and can't so go Nickelback. So now I'm sort of like, what's a quasi like? Oh. Should I should I try to find like an audio slay like something from the sim? But I don't know. So if anyone on Twitter very, can throw me, role is very unique to find try yeah. to find someone who's. Kind of have around the... his realm of how he sings. I so. know his Dave Grohl. Yeah, yeah. Why do I know his name? I he's, don't know. <laughs> he's the he is the Foo Fighters. He created them. He's a singer. He used to be the um, drummer of Nirvana. Interesting. I yeah. know his name. Yes. I mean, I don't know what he looks like, but I know his name. Really? You yeah. don't know what he looks like? You don't know the hair? <laughs> no, I got no idea. <laughs> I got no clue. <laughs> he, he he looks like the. I mean, I would either say like that cousin that you're for some reason like cousins with when you're 13 and he's 36 or he yeah, and looks he's like, hanging around you. Yeah. And, he, and uh, or he looks like like the youngest brother of like an extended family that's in their 50s. All right. I've heard of Nirvana. OK. They're very successful, right? Who was who was their lead singer? Oh, no chance. Yeah. Mick Jagger. I don't know. Is their lead singer alive? I'm going to go. No. <laughs> 
feel like that's a safe bet. <laughs> With that question, it's a safe bet. But like, okay, w- why why did he leave Nirvana? Like, why did he because leave? Because the lead singer yeah. stopped living. Oh, <laughs> wait, Nirvana's not real anymore. I mean, uh, the guy who I'm pretty sure the guy who wrote most of the songs and music left us. But like, you can't like is is there a Nirvana? Like, do they replace him? And they still do. Concerts no. Or no. Okay, no. that's what I was asking. Are they no. real? They're not. Okay. No, because all these guys. That's what I was. Okay. All right. All right. Did the Foo Fighters? Okay. It's one. Yeah. It was definitely. It's one of those. You couldn't replace him like they did with Judas Priest and Ed's favorite movie. <laughs> did anyone else in that band create another band? Uh, the bass player went with Grohl. Oh, cheater. <laughs>